Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to The Fumble. We have a very, 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 very special episode for you this week because Darren's away on Champions League duty watching Man United play Juventus, Tottenham play whoever it was at Wembley. So I thought, what can we do? How can we put out another fantastic episode of The Fumble? This is it. We're going to sit down with Alistair Kirkwood, the head of NFL International. This is a real treat for me because, Alistair, we've known each other for a very, very long time. Uh, You give me my first ever Super Bowl ticket, which I am truly and annually grateful for. But we've never really sat and talked about you and your role in the NFL. And it's a massive role because in the London office, you're the big boss man. So the first question I'm going to ask you... Uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, so first of all, thank you for that public service announcement. But now, now that every listener is going, okay, so all I do is I ask for Super Bowl tickets and then I get it on an annual basis? No, 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 I didn't uh, say that. Are we just throwing, no, no, throwing no, no, me no. under the bus here? No, 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 no. Would I, would, I yeah. would never do that. That's okay. rule number one, Alistair. Right. Never throw the boss under the bus. Okay. All right, okay. we throw, we throw Yeah, that's how I've stayed in a job. Yeah, 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 right, yes, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but no, I do appreciate it, by the way. Okay, Rick, good. Uh, so how, how did you end up in this role as head of UK International? Um, so going backwards, uh, I first started uh, working for NFL Europe. And a year or two before NFL Europe got closed down, um, they actually told me that they didn't want me to work on NFL Europe. Not because it was going to get closed down. Oh, right, we okay. didn't know that. Uh, it was actually more... Um, that, that wasn't a kind of suggestion, Alistair. I think it's time you went looking for another job. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it may have been, and I'm, I'm probably just a bit deaf, tone <laughs> deaf, right? Um, mind you, that's, that kind of shows me that I've got some uh, real challenges. Uh, we had the commissioner over for the Jags-Eagles game, and I lost my voice, um, literally lost my voice uh, three days before the game, and I had to do three hours of meetings and it was with the smallest whisper possible so um so i'm just glad that i've got some kind of voice back right um (laughs) now so back then um i think the key the key moment was 2002 i i was part of nfl international looking after the strategy of nfl europe which was a really enjoyable job that, that i was really passionate about nfl europe although it was kind of set up to fail um, in many ways, the structure was just so difficult and challenging, but there were so many good things that came out of it. Um, Didn't the owners get the hump because it was costing them too much money? The owners got the hump because it was costing a ton of money, more than you could ever imagine. But mm. also, to be fair to the owners, um, a consultancy group that I was going to name, but uh, I haven't passed anything through lawyers yet, consultancy group back in 1993, way before my time, uh, when the first World League got closed down, they um, they did a pitch to owners, having done a review that said, if you actually bring World League back in, uh, each owner will will earn something in the region of half a billion dollars over the next five years, because it'll be a roaring success. What we'll do is instead of it being seven, seven and three U.S. teams and European teams. Do it all in Europe, and you're going to make so much money. So to be fair to ownership, uh, once it started losing money, 
um, it was partly from the wait, wait, wait. We were told that we were this was going to be gravy. That was, we were going to do so well out of it. So, um, so anyway, back in two thousand two, we had to do an international plan where we uh, went to Roger Goodell. This was before he was commissioner. And uh, do do your plan for the year uh, for the following year. What's your budget request? Are you asking for more staff? What's your new ideas, etc. And we got told spend fifteen. 20, if there's 15, 20 minutes at the end, can any of you come up with a million-dollar idea? Right. So, Just a general idea to make anything. the NFL a million dollars. Yeah, just, uh, it was just probably... It's not... Oh, it, I don't want to... Um, That's the kind of game you play when the cheese and wine comes out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I also don't want to intentionally make, make the um, statement that it's all about money because it's not all yeah. about money. I no. mean, we wouldn't be doing all the stuff that we've been doing in the UK if it's all about money. Games lose money uh, for us, right, when we play games in London. Um, but uh, Muggins here just went, okay, I'm going to try and do um, a little bit of work because I was passionate about us doing more in the UK. Mm. But the UK had been something that had been pretty much forgotten about, um, mainly because the NFL back then didn't do a really good job of owning, owning up when it made mistakes. It kind of just got embarrassed about it. Right. So back in the 80s and early 90s, incredible level of success. Some of it um, environmental, some of it lucky, certainly not always with a plan. Mm. But then when it, when it started to go away, um, didn't really un- they didn't really have to do the analysis as to why. So it was almost like, well, we're not doing anything in the UK, right? We've closed the monarchs down. Then um, I think the following year they were going to close the Claymores down, and that was been something that they were thinking about for, for two or three years. It's a it's a weird one that I mean, we could we could go off on many many tangents. Yeah. Because well, that, that's what you do on this podcast. I know right? it is. You're right. Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> you're one hundred. Yeah, thanks for that's your brand identity. <laughs> yes, right? yeah. We do go off on tangents. <laughs> yeah. And that period that you mentioned there, uh, mid to late eighties, we had the one American football show which was on a Sunday evening. Yeah. On Channel Four, but yet awareness of the game, which is something that is at the top of the majority of lists that and ideas that come out of the yeah. NFL office. No, awareness of the game was massive. Yeah, and there were only three shirts that flew around that you could buy in JJB Sports or wherever: Dan Marino, Walter Payton, and Joe Montana, mm-hmm. and maybe the odd Art Monk, mm-hmm. uh, Washington Redskins jersey. But that was it. But everyone had an NFL team. So, and you talked about the demise. What do you think that was? And right. I'm hoping that will get you back onto your story. Yes, yeah, so, well, maybe, maybe not. But we may go <laughs> we'll off on a, a complete de- yeah, detour yeah, yeah, since yeah. we've got three hours to do this, right? Um, I think the first of all, you've got to look at why was it successful in the first place. And the reason why it was successful was because Channel 4 got told um, when they got their license that they couldn't do any traditional sports. They had to do – their charter was about being alternative. Mm. So they stumbled into American, American football alongside a couple of other sports – then put it on a week after it was actually being um, aired, you know, in the States. Um, and you're going up against religious programming, you know, Stars on Sunday and um, Songs of Praise. So, and that's back in the day where I think certainly your long, younger listeners would not understand how little life sport there was uh, that, that was on. Mm. And, and how amateurish most of the indigenous sports were. Because this is pre-Sky, isn't it? Yeah, completely pre-Sky. Yeah. But, but also, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I saw a lot of cricket in the summer because you have summer holidays. And you probably saw a bit of horse racing. 
but you know, for a for a football game, you'd probably only see like four or five live games in a year, unless and, it was a World Cup year. And that was the FA Cup mainly. Yeah, right, mainly right. Yeah. So so there's hardly anything around, and it was all kind of done in kind of black and white, if you like, not literally, but it was yeah. kind of black and white. And here's our sport that comes in Technicolor with you know big noise, big sound, and everything else. So it captures everybody's imagination. We then come in and play American um, bowl games. Um, you get uh, thousands of kids starting to play the sport because it's a complete different different alternate to anything else that they've experienced. But then, when did we go away? We actually started going away when Sky started to invest in the Premier League, mm. when multiple sports channels came in place, where pe- when people could start doing live sports. And... Um, and you might argue that a lot of the other sports started to take some of the things that w- were different and unique to us and started to do it in their own way. The launch of the Premier League was very Americanized, wasn't it? Yeah. The razzmatazz. Remember Abs- the fireworks on the field, the cheerleaders, Abs- lots of lots of uh, pre-game build-up. As Absolutely. Well. Um, so, and you know, even things down to Champions League structure is actually based on the NFL format. Mm. So. So what the league didn't necessarily do well enough back then was actually to see that the tides were turning and actually carried on doing the same thing. Let's play an American Bowl each year. And it went it went away, not because of any problems with American football, but because the environment changed and, and how people consume sport. And what so the was, viewing market became flooded. Yeah, and, and also what was new and different was actually things like the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas we weren't offering anything new and different. So you can't actually replicate any of that because you can't go back to a time when there was absolutely so little supply of live sport. Mm. You can't go back to you know, most of our local sports kind of being produced in an amateurish sort of way because there are so many brilliantly produced top sports now. So instead, you've got to offer something slightly different. Mm. So I am coming back to 2002 now. So, so I... I did a deck, which I still have. Um, it's 13-page on PowerPoint. At, um, at the end of the meeting, which did end a few minutes early, a uh, question comes up, and there's like 20 people in a boardroom. They go, "Have you? has anyone got a, a big idea that they want to share? And complete silence. And then I stupidly um, said, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I've got something. Me sir, me sir. But the, the important point of this story is that no one in the room other than me knew that, I was, that I'd actually got something. And, you, and you'd all been told that there might be 20 minutes left over, come up with an idea? No, if you have an idea. Oh, so right, it's not okay. mandatory, if right. you have an idea. Right. So just as easily, okay, right, we're ending So we're going to give you the chance to pitch to the upper echelons so, of the NFL in New York. So I did a pitch that, quick summary of it was, we were popular before. So um, we can be popular again. It's not like, can you make cricket popular in the US? Because it's never been mm. mass popular. We were mass popular in, in, in the 80s. It's huge. So why can't we, we do it again? Secondly, biggest sports r- rights market in the world after the US. So it's not about could you be the top sport or the second sport um, to, to make it worthwhile. You could be like the number five or number six sport and actually it'd be meaningful. Mm. So, so that was the next bit. And then um, my belief that if we could actually get onto uh, free-to-air and do more on pay TV and start from a television perspective um, and start trying to build an audience, we could actually come up with something. So my pitch was, 
Um, and I, I actually do have. I know that Dave Tosser was on in a few weeks. A few weeks ago, I actually have a better story than him. <laughs> um, it's not a better story in terms of star power, right. but it is actually a better story. Okay, and I'm it's also now. it's actually, also one I've never I've said publicly. Position in my seat, so there I'm getting go. comfortable. Right, okay. <laughs> so um, that's the competitive side of me come out, right? <laughs> so um, my pitch was it was November for for that Super Bowl. Uh, which was uh, the one that was taking place in San Diego. I think it was the one that the Ravens won. Right, yeah. Um, let me see if I can get Sky to free up the rights so that I can put Super Bowl on free-to-air because mm -hmm. the NFL wasn't on free-to-air uh, at that point. Uh, Channel 4 had long gone since like 98, or I can't remember. But uh, give me a million dollars to um, promote it and do a marketing campaign and if I get a million viewers, then I'll come back with a three-year plan, right? That was my pitch. It was, it was better than I've positioned it now, but, but it was a pitch. That's the top line. <laughs> and um, I got challenged by it, so um, I, I, I got asked. That was a great, that was, that was great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Great. You, you're really passionate about it, aren't you? And I said, absolutely. I'm really passionate about it. You really believe in it, don't you? you yeah, I really believe in it. It's something that I really want to do. So, so, so. Uh, would you resign if you fail? And and I said because I got tricked into it with the previous two. Yeah, absolutely, I will will do. So then um, then it's approved, and he and everybody walked out, and uh, I'm left to then do the work. Right. So you inadvertently put your job on the line for your pitch. Oh, uh, I not really. No, I I didn't inadvertently. I I got. But, I mean, in a Some, somebody's in a, more clever than me. They kind and, of yeah, lined you up for the fall, though. Yeah, didn't yeah, they? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so then, um, did that happen in front of everyone in the boardroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good moment. Oh, Alistair. Yeah, I respected you like up here. Now you've gone like, that, that, way that, up here. That doesn't really work in a podcast, by the no, way. No, it doesn't. You're right. <laughs> but but, yeah. but for, for listeners, it was way down at you've the bottom. From, and no, just you've gone from Mount Kilimanjaro to Everest. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and I'm segueing up to a, a really good story now. So um, I got a agreement from Sky the next week. Um, and to be honest, I think the only reason why I got them to agree to it was because we won't get any big numbers so mm. it was almost like an inconsequential ask went to channel five i think i tried everybody but channel five was the only one that said yeah we'll we'll uh, take it and, and i just want to reinforce how insignificant we were at that around that period of time it was almost like you were asking for favors from people mm. um then about two weeks later someone who ran our licensing 
department for NFL Europe, came back from a Reebok uh, um, group meeting. He said, I've just seen the most unbelievable, unbelievable thing that we've got. Just truly, truly, truly great, great content. And it was Terry Tate, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this, but it, Terry Tate was not done for commercial reasons. Terry Tate was done for a, motiv- a Reebok motivational um, uh, group meetings where they brought all of the office together. They just shot it just to actually show how crazy Reebok can be and how cutting edge I, they can be. So Terry Tate was a, an internal video. It was an internal video, right? <laughs> so Terry Tate, office linebacker, yeah. was, was only for that. Are you still with me here, Simon? Yeah, he is. Okay, good, because... He, he nods off every now and again. Yeah, but he, just... he, he looked a little bit comfortable there. <laughs> so Terry Tate was, was, was um, an internal video. who, um, And I then went to Reebok and said, we're going to do a marketing campaign on Channel 5. Channel 5. We're going to take out ads. Uh, could we get the rights for Terry Tate? And they said, absolutely. So we got the rights for Terry Tate. We also spoke to the guy that was the actor to see whether he could come over. And we, we were going to run ads for the last week of January and the first week of, of February. And even though, you know, listeners are going, what's that got to do with Super Bowl? Mm. It was unbelievable content back then. Yeah. But also it, it, it crossed over and rested everybody's in their tracks. So if the starting point was NFL is back and on free to air, that what better content than just to make <laughs> something that made everyone laugh and, and everybody engaged? On Christmas Eve, right? On Christmas Eve, having done all of the work and cut everything um, and got a plan where I'm going, we're definitely going to get a million viewers. We're going to knock this out of the park. I get a phone book, phone call from I think it was Boston was back then was the saying, um, oh, we got a slight problem. Um, the work that you guys have done has opened our eyes. Uh, we're actually now going to t- do t- uh, Terry Tate ourselves. Uh, and we're going to run it in the US. We're planning to make it a Super Bowl ad. And it's going to be a consumer promo- promotion. So we're really going to have to take everything back from you. Oh. Right? So, but I had not, I'd not only committed to all the TV ha- ads, we had Terry Tate um, paraphernalia that we were going to pass out um, in big major cities. We had no. scratch and sniff cards and all no. sorts of other things. So we had a whole campaign. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. Right? So I have a guy who some of, some of your, your listeners will, will know, um, Jerry Anderson. Yep. Right. Jerry Anderson uh, was a tight end for the London Monarchs. Don't know his dimensions, but what he's a big he's a, lad. He's about six foot seven. The father of the London Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. But six foot seven, would yeah, you say? He's ma- yeah, he's huge. And he's, he's well, well, these days he's knocking on yeah. two eighty, two ninety. Yeah, something, right? Yeah. But anyway, he's a big man. <laughs> whatever you imagine, he's actually bigger than that, right? But he's the most intimidating person you could ever walk into. And I somehow managed to persuade him to pretend to be Jerry Tate. <laughs> Serious? I, because we did, we we didn't have any more money. We so we couldn't run the TV ads. The TV ads had gone, but we'd actually spent so much money on all the other stuff that we we're going to distribute. So was to it the Reebok public. that hooked them from you? Yes. Or was it the NFL? It no, was it was Reebok. Reebok. No, it was Reebok because they suddenly they went. This but, is no longer an internal ad. We're actually now going to make it public. Oh, we have to take it away from you. Oh, so so Jerry Anderson became Jerry Tate, and 
and there is some video internally somewhere which with him acting like that is awesome like the office that linebacker needs to be seen. So, yeah I, I think well he might have a different different <laughs> viewpoint on it we um we did the campaign not as well as i would have helped us to do because we couldn't show the tv ads that way mm. but um i got a phone call at two in the morning in san diego with the overnights which was a million and twenty four thousand brilliant uh, which which in viewing terms is like a dog sitting on a remote control you know there's really it's really so small and if and i do believe that if we'd been under a million we wouldn't have been allowed to move ahead so then fast forward i got the ability to then do a three-year plan, which was an investment thing that we, that two or three of us did whilst we did NFL Europe through the year. We'd also do a bit on the UK. We then moved to ITV and got bigger as a result of that. And then um, in two th- end of 2005, I got told, focus solely on the UK, head up an office, separate yourself from NFL Europe. And that's the very long-winded way of how, wow. how I got into it. So then NFL Europe kind of, tapered off nfl europe moved to germany were uh, you running parallel then with the uk office and nfl europe for the f- for three years uk office was basically a hobby right so it was it was you never actually talked about it in new york a passion project yeah it was a passion project so you just did it and there was three of us that, that worked on it um we set up a nfl uk website in 2003 um and and started to build from it so really in the off season of nfl europe which was actually the nfl season we started to try and build in it, and we tried to build a bigger TV broadcast, bigger um, uh, website traffic, and start get um, commercial partners in, mm. and start start doing that, building more and more awareness. Yeah. yeah. And now uh, we're kind of in this ridiculous wealth of riches, aren't we? Because we've just had three games back to back, which yeah. we've never had three back to back before. Yeah. We're about to have four, yeah. which has been announced, but. Just quickly, can you remember the first meeting where someone said, let's have a regular season game in London? Yes. Who proposed it and what happened? So there were a couple of things that went on. The first one was in 2005, the Cardinals um, were getting their stadium, their new stadium built. And they, uh, I can't remember whether they suggested or it was suggested to them, but the idea of playing a game internationally came up. And we got to bid for it, the three of us that were working on it. Right. Um, and we got so close to taking it from Mexico. Mexico ended up doing a great job of it. Mm. And, I've, and probably in hindsight, we wouldn't have been equipped to succeed back then. Right. But, but the story that we'd actually built for the first three years was actually strong enough that people were taking us seriously. <laughs> then Mark Waller joined in international in 2006, had no background in American football at all, didn't understand the sport. And that actually that was the best thing because he actually would ask uh, what an informed person might think was dumb questions, mm. but he, but they ended up being very really brave questions. So he ended up asking ownership to play international games going forward. So Mark's approach was from a business perspective, I would Yes, imagine. from a business, but also not really even truly taking into account the level of complexity or difficulty that he was actually asking for. So it was almost like new person coming in just going, well, why don't you do that? Yeah. As opposed to the rest of us that would probably be fearful of actually going because we knew all the problems and issues around it. Right. Uh, so he he came up with a proposal that, for the most part, initially, ownership really weren't that keen on doing. Um, the proposal, though, was we play a game in the first year. 
we came off a really, really good year in 2006. I mean, we, we had one of our best years and we became the front runner for that first game. I think London made a lot of sense because we speak the same language. A lot of owners travel to London. Mm. So rather than any other place, that was it. But the plan was, if we did a really, really good job, we would get another game in four years' time. In four years' time? And then another game um, in 2015. So that was the plan. So games would move around across the world. Wow. And, and what happened was we did a, we got the first game done, and although it was a terrible game in terms of weather and conditions, and we had Cleo Lemon quarterback for the Dolphins, etc. cetera, <laughs> um, the Giants went on to win Super Bowl, but also New York were curious enough to go, uh, will we get a sophomore slump? So was it just because it was the first ever? Mm. Or should it, what if we actually come, came in and gave a second game, but with two small market teams, which was the Saints Chargers? Yeah. Was it because it was New York and Miami and it was the first and people just were curious? Because Miami are a kind of a heritage team for the UK, aren't they? Miami, yeah, yeah with Marino, et cetera, yeah. and the Giants are the Giants, yeah. right? Whereas the Saints and the Chargers, whilst they were good teams back then and, and continue to be this this year, um, they were not teams with uh, big fan bases of their own in this country. Right. So I would say that um, we got lucky because people cynically thought that we did a good job in the first year just because it was the first game. So they said well, let's try it for a second year. So and then I, once you got people hooked, then it was, let's play a game every year. So it seems that you're always being tested. So you came up with a proposition, yeah. and you said, give me a million quid. Yeah. And they said, do you think you can make it work? Yes, I can. Do you think you'll get a million? Yes, I can. If you don't, will you resign? You said, yes, I will. Yeah. And then they put on this game, and then they say, well, you, obviously you had the Giants and the Dolphins, so it's going to work. Let's put it on you again, Alistair. If we give you two, not duff teams, yeah. but teams that don't have a heritage fan base in the UK, do you think you can replicate what happened with the Giants and the Dolphins in 2007? And you then went, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, but I would say that, um, and I can say this with a lot more confidence with all the player pathway stuff that we've done in the past and being much closer to football, to actual football now than, mm. than maybe I was uh, Ten, 10 years ago. But you've all, don't, I, don't, I don't think you should undermine yourself there or play yourself down because you've always been passionate. Oh, I know yeah. you have about yeah. players and the way of developing the game and really pushing it forward. Oh, yeah, but now I actually feel that I understand the mentality of a team so much better. I understand how coaches coach. I know what, it's, what we have to go through to build a player that's never played the game. So, so I'm really kind of going with that. And... What I would say is that the, our, our corporate culture of how you get challenged in business is actually really similar to how a coach will challenge a player, which is, do you think you can actually get to the next level? To never actually be really satisfied, to actually just go, okay, you did that, but don't look back, actually look forward. Mm. And that's really actually helped us to just keep trying to push the envelope as much as possible. And on behalf of the fans... It, it, it's working and we appreciate it. Now, I know you get a bit of stick because fans are never happy, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. But I'm never happy either. No, I know, and yeah. that's why yeah. I'm glad that you're in charge because yeah. you're always pushing the envelope, you're always pushing uh, forward because you want more for the fans and you want to raise mm -hmm. awareness even mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. uh, about American football and the NFL. But what always amazes me is that you're never happy, like you said, with what you've got. You always want more. So we've got, we had three games. Why did we have three games this year? Because of the Tottenham situation? Yeah, so initially the thought for us a few months back was 
Spurs was going to be new and unique. It was going to be a brand new stadium. It's different even to Twickenham, where it's an old stadium that had its own challenges. Mm. But you you at least know what the infrastructure is. Whereas you announce a game and you don't actually know exactly what it's going to be like until you've moved in. So the thought was, let's actually stick with one game and try and do that well. And also going triple back to back was was the first of its kind. Very brave. Anyway. Or stupid, or stupid, or <laughs> stupid as as, you, as I felt for some of that time in those three weeks, um, and so we felt that that was that was enough um, anyway. Uh, and then Spurs didn't quite get ready, mm. so it ended up being a different challenge, which was three games at Wembley. Then also see if, how the field would be and see how it would work with the teams. See whether we as an office could actually deal with six teams, three of three of whom had never been over before, so we're very. Um, much more challenging, you know. Mm. The Jags are really straightforward to work with because they, they, they and they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas if you've never been um, abroad, um, never played abroad, it, it's really really challenging. I sports. I saw um, the Ravens coach, Coach Harbor, mm-hmm. in uh, in the Super Bowl in Minnesota. He's actually sat behind us in a VIP suite, and he was just sat there on his own, literally just having a drink. And I, I went over and, and spoke to him, and I mentioned. You know that uh, the NFL is really booming, starting to blossom now in the UK. And he said, "You know what? I wish we'd have had a little bit more experience as a team and as a franchise in London because we would have approached it completely different." And then I thought, "Well, don't you guys talk to each other? <laughs> you know, surely you must have some mates within in the teams." And uh, you know, he could have phoned his brother because I think he was the coach of the point now yeah, yeah, when yeah. they came over yeah, yeah. and asked. But um, yeah, but it's, it's like, all it's all a developing process. But it's it? also like everything in life. If you can be told what something's like but until you actually experience it I yeah mean, people don't realize i think that 55 percent of players that come over um are actually going abroad for the first time amazing so it's not that they've amazing. never played abroad they've never actually been abroad well, i think applications for passports are something like 65 percent isn't it yeah it's, it's, so th- so therefore <laughs> you know and then you've got all the kind of stories that are true of you know things like the jets bringing on their own toilet rolls and all awesome. sorts of other Co- plugs. Coaches are creatures of habit. Yeah. They're absolute creatures of habit. So even when the Packers play the Patriots every eight years, you can guarantee that they stay in the same hotel as they did eight years ago, even if the coaching staff is completely different. Yeah. Because what they like is routine. They like to know right down to the minute. The amount of detail that they go in place and is, is unbelievable. And then what we do is we actually toss that all over the place and go – Oh, you have three-point plugs rather than two-point plugs, and the comms the comms between headphones is completely different here than in the US, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. But now moving forward, uh, I have to congratulate you because once again we've got four games next year, and if Tottenham is completed, there's going to be two there and, and two at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, first question is, uh, you must be so excited to be moving into a stadium that is built specifically for NFL. I mean, I know it's Tottenham yeah. Soccer Stadium, but yeah, yeah. the yeah. facilities are, are designed to uh, accompany and support an NFL team. Yeah, so I'm not saying that this would happen, and I don't have any lens, but uh, the way I kind of position it to myself is you, have, you play a game on Saturday that spurs with the cockerel and all sorts of other things going on, and then on the Sunday, and I'm not saying that we play in the same weekend, but then on the Sunday, it's a different team entrance, um, with NFL branding, we got our own locker rooms because we have to um, basically 
to do house building in Wembley and Twickenham. In Twickenham, we had to knock down bars to build dressing rooms that were big enough for our guys. And then before we left, then build the bars back in again. Mm. Right. So behind the scenes, there's a ton, also, mo- ton more detail. The work that I've done with England Rugby, the RFU say that they were blown away with the way that not only the stadium looked, but also the logistics of everything that the NFL did. They said that the NFL just looked at it a completely different proposition. Yeah. And then when the NFL left, they asked a few questions about how they did it, how they did this, that. And apparently, uh, the NFL spent on one game that the RFU spends in two years. <laughs> Twickenham yeah, well facilitating we, a game and an event. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we, we kind of have high standards. Yeah, well, um, which is rightly so because, you know, it's all about the when you see the NFL shield, yeah. you expect a certain quality. Yes. You know, you expect everything that comes with the NFL, you yep. know, the reputation of it, what it does in its community and everything. You yep. see that shield, you know you're going to mm-hmm. get a good product. So with this new stadium, are we going to see Wembley International Games 2.0? Is it going to be completely different? What, I think, what can we expect? I think, it, I think it'll, at least my viewpoint is, it'll be a little bit like Twickenham, uh, insofar as the two experiences will be very different. Right. There will be pros and cons to each. So Twickenham, I thought that outside the bowl, it was much more difficult and challenging than Wembley. And inside the bowl, the acoustics were brilliant. And yeah. Um, the atmosphere was was great. I thought the view from the seats was a little bit better than Wembley. Yeah, although the seats were, although the, the seats were smaller. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so it really. I'm not saying one's better than the other. What I'm saying is that whoever went would have a very strong view as to which one they liked. It's because the wax jacket brigade don't do carbs. Oh, okay. Alistair, there that's what go. it is. The there slightly slimmer. Yeah. Why were you looking at me like that when you said that? <laughs> um, and then. Um, <laughs> So I think Spurs will be a much more intimate venue and will, uh, not just because it'll have a smaller capacity, but it's also a little bit similar to Twickenham insofar as every seat seems to have an unbelievable um, view and lens of, 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 of the field. Right. Wembley is, is, is much more of a big statement play. It's much, you know, it's size and scale. I mean, mm. Pete Carroll, when he did his press conference, said, and I don't know whether he checked his figures when he was saying this or not, he said, this is the biggest crowd that we, we've been up against for years. And he said it was like college bowl games for, for him, but he, he couldn't compare it to anything else in the NFL. We are currently, I believe, after, the, after Dallas, um, got the second highest average in the league for attendances Superb. this season. Right? Superb. Um, so proud of the fans to show up on a regular oh, basis. Um, and it's, it's ultimately all down to them. Yeah, it really is. Um, who were the consultants? Just quickly, for the new stadium, was it a, 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 a team of NFL from uh, support staff from New York, or was it coaches, support staff from within the thirty-two teams? For, for what? Sorry. For the stadium, for the Tottenham Stadium, but and the way that it was designed and built, and everything was a co- uh, was right. So, board. so Spurs, Spurs did it themselves. Oh, did they? But they went to multiple NFL teams, right? Uh, particularly ones that have done new stadiums, so, so Minnesota, Atlanta, etc. Yeah. They did a ton of due diligence for a couple of years. Um, we would then come up with specs. But is it like a process that took over a year just to get the specs right? Right. Um, cool. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it next year. It feels like every single year something's different coming. Yeah, that's, right? that's why it's so exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm going to quickly uh, go through these questions because these are important questions and uh, we don't want to let anyone down by not asking them. So we've got four games next year. Yeah. Uh, not going to be back-to-back, I would imagine, even though with an extremely 
good job. I don't believe this year. that they'll be quadruple back to back. No. Do you know who's coming yet? No. Do you get a choice? Yes. Oh, you do. Yes. So does that, does that go to a panel or a vote? Or? Uh, yeah, the panel is mainly me. <laughs> and if I'm bipolar, then I have a lot of arguments <laughs> with myself. Several people on the panel. So what happens is, um, so let's say it's the Jags because we know the Jags yeah. are, are in next year. You look at their schedule. Um, they have the right, if the, if they want, to say that they don't want a divisional game. So we've had them play the, the Colts before. Yeah. But if they don't want Colts, um, Texans, and Titans to come over, they can say no to that. So then you have five other teams to to go with. One is unknown at this point, which is so if they're that's based on where they sit in the st- in the season. So let's say they finish third in the AFC South, mm-hmm. and they're up against I don't know um, the NFC West. Then it's the 49ers or, or yeah. that they've been matched against. But you don't know that till the end of the year. Right. So it's it's based on a matching principle. You know four others. So you so you look at five. The Jags say we can protect one because we don't want that to come over for whatever reason. Mm. So so then you have a choice of four. And then basically I get to lobby and pick the one that I'd like. It then goes back to the US TV schedules. So CBS, Fox, and in some cases the network because dependent on the week of game that we'd be looking at, which is partly based on stadium availability, they can override what what I suggest right? Uh, because it might not work for them. There's a lot of influencing factors in there. It also has to go to schedulers because if the team wants a bye week the week after, then that has to be factored in. Also, teams, um, particularly West Coast teams, may want to either play at home um, the week before or play away on the East Coast and, and actually be away for two weeks. So play on the East Coast and then come over for a shorter ride. So the, the amount of variables are unbelievable, which is why I think fans sometimes get frustrated that we don't announce quickly enough. Mm. But the reason why we don't always announce quickly enough is there's just too much negotiation that goes on. How, how long have you given yourself before we tick off all the teams in the NFL? Have you got, set yourself a deadline? No, 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 because no, um, there could always be factors that would stop me from doing it. So right. let's say um, I wanted, really wanted the Panthers to come over because we only need... Panthers, Texans, and Packers. Yeah. Um, if, if using my scenario there, if if the Panthers were on the Jags schedule and the Jags said I want to protect the Panthers, then it is what it is. Yeah. So, so I'd like I'd like all thirty two, and I think that'd be a a great statement, and b for all of the fans to be able to say that they've had a chance to see every single team. Exactly. But I don't want to put artificial pressure on it either. Right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
I got to meet Thurman Thomas, which was a childhood, you know, dream. Because when the bills came over, yeah. just he actually was walking opposite me in the corridor. I'm like, that's the guy that forgot his helmet in a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? The, the, the actual Thurman Thomas, the running back. Did he say that's the guy from T4? <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Are you, the, are you the new Les Dennis? <laughs> yeah, there you go. actual words. <laughs> uh, your role's getting bigger and bigger as, as time goes on. Uh, yeah. And obviously we talked about the success and where you started off with that kind of putting your job on the line. Uh, can you see yourself having a bigger role to play regards to New York? Uh, I'm happy with what we do. I, I believe that the role that we do here is getting bigger and bigger and more complicated. Has anyone asked you to go over there? Uh, I've had a couple of couple of questions over the years. Nice. But um, now to be asked, all right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I started. I, I actually started off as a fan um, in the first place. So back in back in the late '90s, I remember being an angry keyboard warrior on the Channel 4 forum going, why are you taking the NFL off uh, television? This, this is an absolute disgrace. And I'm, I know they're getting their own back. No, don't, yeah, right. But just as well, <laughs> I, don't, I can't warriors. remember what my username was or anything like that because <laughs> people could find But But my point is that I came into this the job by accident. Yeah. But it, the start, but you, the but start of it was I actually believe it's the best sport and I want it to be as popular as people possible. People should know that you work for, is it P, uh, Paris Saint-Germain or PSV that you work for? No. Didn't you, didn't you work for PSV Eindhoven? No, oh. but, but that's well, a nice story. You worked for story. Barcelona as well, didn't do, you? Do we do pretend podcasts as well? <laughs> no, we don't. It's all legit. I did, I did some work, work with FC Barcelona. Right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. If, if you guess enough, enough yeah. team names, you'll get it. H- have you set yourself a target? Is there an end goal for the NFL UK office? No. No, because... So this, this whole journey is going to keep on evolving and keep yeah, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because if you actually set, set yourself a target and you hit that target, then what are you going to do next other than just try and find a new target? Yeah, so, okay. So, and, and things like even like the stuff that we've done with Player Pathway or with FA, I, it's absolutely brilliant that we've done Let's, let's talk about Player Pathway quickly because I know yeah. you've got te- we've got 10 minutes left. So Player yeah. Pathway, uh, we find a whole bunch of European talent yeah. and we give them a slot on the practice squad of an NFL team. Is that what it is in a nutshell? Yes, N- yeah, in a nutshell. Well, so, so the, the concept is... If you can develop players that come from your country you and who can play at a higher level, then the sport will become more popular because um, mass, masses actually enjoy when there's a British connection. And that's true of every other country in the world yeah. as well. So, Well, look at Jared Hayne's shirt sales. Yeah, no, absolutely. But you can have British players that are kind of um, accidents almost of circumstance, whether mm. it's Graham Gano because... For the first three years, his American parents were based in Scotland, or JHI, who was here till he was seven, and then and then his family moved to to the U.S. With all due respect to them, you can't replicate that. That's just mm. luck as to whether they're then going to make it. Yeah. So it's brilliant that JHI goes on to win Super Bowl and he's he's wrapped in the Union Jack. But actually, could you try and confound uh, popular thinking and go? You don't need to go to high school. You don't need to go to college, and yet you could still make it. So that was the concept that we we ran with. Three how or four proud years were you? Uh, how proud were you when you saw FA's performance against the Bengals? Uh, it's one of only two times where I've cried. Oh, Lister! So I'm gonna cry as well. <laughs> I genuinely am. That's the most amazing thing I've heard. There you go. I'm gonna have to take a minute. 
That doesn't really work well on podcasts either. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> it's, just, that's just got me. Yeah. <laughs> it's got me as well because I think we, we both know him and we both know his backstory. And, uh, but, but, I, but I did exactly that. Cried, we all cried out. It was me testing the kids. But, but the point that I'm making is the, the target was can FA or someone like that make it? Yeah. I actually just want to find, can we then do the next one? Can we do a dozen? Can we do a hundred? Can we transform people's lives? Brilliant. Can we actually make a difference to them and also make a difference to the sport? So it's not, a, ta- it's not a target, can we just for, do more? Right? That's, that's the community yeah. premise of what the NFL should be doing. Yeah. Going out there and finding these kids who are committed and dedicated to making a difference, not only for themselves, but if you can imagine the long term of this, the impact that FA's journey, story will have when it becomes even more no when people become even more aware of it yes that's when we'll start to reap the benefits of yeah. what it all stands yeah, for yeah 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 um the international pathway we've talked about that yeah so we've got four games yeah that next year yeah you get asked this all the time and it's the most ridiculous question ever do you ever think that there's a possibility of a super bowl in london uh i'm sure there's a possibility i've I'm on record as saying I don't believe that we should have one. Um, I agree, I, by the way. I think that's unique to US. I think that's the whole point of what's brilliant about it. Yeah. Uh, it may well happen in the future. Uh, and, and also, if I was still around and it was happening and I was told to be part of it, then I'd be thrilled to do it. But, but if, I, if I was the person making the decision, I wouldn't do it here. No, no I like my trip in February. It's the only yeah. Wow, you really, you really are inclusive with your listeners, aren't you? You really, you really make them feel part well, of your we, we journey. We did some great content, didn't we, Simon, when we were over in, in, in Minnesota? Uh, but <laughs> but I, I always say to people, why have you been to so many Super Bowls? And I say, look, I've been fortunate enough to go to World Cups, uh, major sporting events, Olympics. The Super Bowl is hands down the best sporting event in the world mm-hmm. because it starts the week before and it's a celebration of not just the two teams that are there, the whole game itself so I will counter that I say that a conference championship is better than a Super Bowl never been to one Alistair it's all on so you so the reason why I say a conference wow. championship okay. is better is you have pretty much 100% of the stadium absolutely desperate truly desperate first of all that their team can can make it secondly the vast majority of those folks in the stadium will not go to super bowl even if their team wins right so for them that's their super bowl moment and where when i enjoy an nfl game the most because i don't enjoy london games because i'm worried about everything yeah is when i when i get the chance to go to a conference championship game so much more enjoy it than than a super bowl and and i know that that sounds like you know a rich man's problem saying i get it i I prefer this my ferrari to my lamborghini i don't mean it in that way no i get that i get that because it's it's from a fan's perspective it's a better environment L- listeners i'm also trying to get him to stop asking for super bowl tickets so i'm telling shh, him to shh, try shh. To for conference championships if i just let you all right we've it. got six minutes so let's move on so okay. we've got a minute per question all okay. right quickly uh, it's, this is pick six into the end zone for the pick six uh, can you confirm that fletch and crossy nearly killed you at candlestick park in 2011 apparently they were high up in the gantries yes yeah and i heard that story and actually if anything darren underplayed it <laughs> he did it was it was it was a death trap. It was an absolute death trap. Brilliant. All right, your question to yeah, me. That was part of my always go to a conference championship game, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And see if you can survive. <laughs> um, 
What is the best bit of merchandise you've stolen from this office? <gasps> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, I think I, I recently acquired a JGI signed uh, NFL international game ball. That, yeah, but that's nothing. So let me let me out <laughs> Vernon, right? Um, one of the early super. No. Uh, one of the early no, London games. No. Yes. No, don't tell this story. Why not? I almost got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you want to tell the story? No. Yeah. No, you tell it. Yeah. Oh so, my God. I so about yeah. So one of the very first <laughs> London games. Uh, I kept, what was it that you tried to take? Everything, Alistair. Yeah, but security <laughs> actually stopped him. It, he was wearing a big coat, and he was. He took. He tried to take an awful lot of really important memorabilia. Yeah. And <laughs> and I had to come in and vouch for him. And I don't know why I vouched for him, but yeah. It was the FBI. Yeah. Because in the early days, they, yes. the NFL travelled with the FBI. Yeah. And it, they I, still do. They just don't want to let you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. Uh, we'll yeah. not go. Yeah, I had a, yeah. a Miami yeah. Dolphins helmet, yeah. three game balls, yeah. and it was some Super Bowl memorabilia, which yeah. I didn't realise was Super Bowl memorabilia. So I apologise wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Do you play fantasy football? I do. Oh, good lad. Yes. And and this is great because I heard that you. Uh, in the early days of the office, you made the staff play fantasy football yes. so that they can be more yeah. more NFL player aware. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Great idea. Yeah, and I think you got to you got to. I think it's important that people understand, even, even if they're not all NFL fans, because I actually don't want in this office everyone to be an NFL fan. I think it's actually useful to have people that aren't because mm. they represent a whole lot of people that we want to try and convert. And also, there's but, nothing that influences their decisions, then, is there? No, yeah, because sometimes you can be too too biased yeah. and have rose rose tinted glasses but on the other side i think it's also important that you really understand how a fan gets into the sport mm. and and kind of walk in their shoes okay have you got another question uh, i'm going to go with this one right. uh, if the bears played tom brady's patriots in the super bowl who would you want to win i would uh, i want the bears to win but i'd be wearing a brady jersey cuz i think he is well, well, that sounds like a politician talking about Brexit at the moment. All right, okay. Uh, I'd, I'd wear no, I'd wear my original because I still have it. Nineteen eighty-six Walter Payton shirt. I can only just get in it because it was a it was a large, uh, but it was a kids' large. Okay. So now, in in grown-up terms, it's a medium, pretty much. Uh, but I've still got it. It's worn. I think the number three's come off the front. There's a few letters missing off the back, but I think I would put that on. Uh, just because I, this for me, this me, every time I walk into this building, I always revert to the 12 year old, 13 year old me and how excited I would be. So every time we do something with the NFL, like be it, you know, getting opportunity to go sidelines, I am that kid. Mm -hmm. And that's why I got so emotional about you telling me that you cried uh, with FA because I put myself in FA's shoes and I know how much hard work he's done and I know what it means to achieve mm -hmm. what he's mm -hmm. achieved because I always wanted to do that. You know what I mean? Mm. As a kid, I never got the opportunity, uh, so I always revert back to the old me. And I, yeah, I'd go with that. But I, deep down, I, my gut would be cheering for Brady because I think he's awesome. I really do. Uh, last question: uh, Can you give us a clue about one team that could possibly come to London next Jags. year? Jags. Right there you go. <laughs> right, thank you very much. Uh, Al, uh, time is up. You've got an important three o'clock. Wait, what about my final question? Oh yeah, all right, okay, all right, fair enough. Okay, yeah, you got two minutes. Uh, so, which team do you detest the most? Oh. Um, oh man I'm going to play the political answer 
Again. I don't detest any team because I'm a massive lover of the sport. Which team would you not root for, ever? Oh, I, don't know. I can ask the same question in seven yeah. different ways till I get an yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would I? Uh, I honestly don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't put any hate on anyone. Honest. That's my genuine answer. I okay. can't. Everybody on social media, go go onto yeah. Vernon's Twitter and give him a hard time over the fact that no, honestly, the guest answered every question honestly. Yeah. The host just I, kind of <laughs> was as vanilla as anything. I know, but I couldn't because, like, I, I would be letting myself down if I put hate on any NFL team. I can't stand uh, miserable Bill at the Patriots at times, but you have to respect what he's achieved. Uh, I can't stand. Yeah, I'll say it. I can't stand the way that the, the violence is being removed from the game because I think that's what attracted to us. I understand why it's being removed, mm. but it, it, it disappoints me when you see a huge shot that hasn't been taken because of the, the players know that they're going to get a 20 grand plus fine. Uh, but that's it. That's the, the only negatives that I have. There you go. And yeah. that's a nice way to end. Yeah, Alistair, thanks, Alistair, thanks, Alistair, it's been an absolute joy. A real insight. Thank you very much. Appreciate, appreciate it. Oh. Cheers. thoroughly enjoyed that what a great guy and I hope from it you got exactly the same as myself and Simon who was sat listening he is so passionate about the NFL in London he's so passionate about the NFL in Europe he's got a great love for the game and I think we're very very fortunate to have him in charge of all our NFL activities in the UK Uh, thank you very much to him again this has been a Shooting Shark production next week same as Darren and I hopefully we'll be back together and we'll have a quick chat about all things NFL but for now you know what to do rate what is it Simon rate subscribe and don't yeah just bloody download it you know what to do enjoy yourself have a great weekend planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 